Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. And we are live. <laughs> this hey. is Esports Asia TV. Back with me, Andy, Sabir. Hey, guys. And, of course, we have Lysander on the show today. Hey, glad <laughs> to be up? here. It's, uh, it's strange being on this side of the table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> normally, I'm the one interviewing. but uh, having you on this side of the table, man. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, that's good. And I thought this is going to be interesting because then we have three hosts, three hosts on the show. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And But, you know, first, let's just talk about you, man. Like... Uh, of course, uh, Lysander hosts the nightly show. Yeah. Uh, so, do you call it the nightly show or fortnightly? We okay. Yeah, right. that's a funny See? thing. So, yeah. the, the fortnightly show was what we went with initially, but okay. uh, you know, I, I, against against a lot of people's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well suggestion. Uh, but the thing is, I really wanted to catch on that Fortnite wave, and yeah. initially we plan we planned to just primarily be about Fortnite and Ooh. explore other games. Right. Uh, you know, our logo reflects that. But uh, after season one, we, we figured, you know, it's better to be more game fluid. Right. Allows us to really explore right. more on other titles as well. Mm. And, you know, maybe even move to non-gaming content like IRL live streamers and everything. So we decided, okay, we're going to cut out the Fort part and keep the nightly in. Right. Like and uh, so, now, so now it's just the nightly show. Yeah. And uh, That was a really clean like way to, you know, just you cut off the beginning and it, great, you still, still have there. a good name. Yeah, so, yeah. Right. I mean, I've, I mean if, uh, when we created the channels, we already put it as the nightly show. Right. Okay. Like that was already kind of like half the intention to make it kind of sound like the Tonight Show or mm-hmm, the mm-hmm, Late mm-hmm. Show with Jimmy mm-hmm, Fallon, yeah. something like that. So uh, that was already in place and uh, season one just said okay nice. i think uh you know, with enough people asking us why we're not doing fortnite on this episode i was like okay fine we'll take out the fort part of nice. it uh, right. we're also doing a little bit of a logo rebranding mm. uh to make it more succinct sure. and uh, a little bit more late nighty but uh apart from that yeah nightly show works nightly show yeah so i mean you watching this you can tell lozander is experienced he <laughs> is true and true a host and yeah. so like even talking before we went live, we can tell the difference, right? Mm, definitely. Off show, you are not this. Oh yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. So th- th- this takes a lot of effort. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> to be poised. Yes. And, uh, and so that's the question I want to ask <laughs> next. Like, what drove you to be this guy, uh, this persona on show that you know gets on you know in front of cameras, speaking to a lot of people, and so, and and you you told me this before we went live, like this is your drive right mm-hmm. and you want to be doing this so how is that journey you know before you identified that this is the path you want to take until now when you are actually doing it i've always kind of been a chatterbox right so right. like even if even as a kid like my report card will always say like you know he, he's a bright and you know, talented <laughs> child does need to rein in the, the talking a little bit in class. Right, something like that. the teachers right. are always like squeezing one line yeah. about talking parents to. can't be too angry at that right because yeah, yeah, your kid's yeah. doing good at school yeah. but he needs to shut up <laughs> yeah something like that so it's always like that um so I, I you know even in school i was always the guy that was uh uh introducing like even if the school had like a small function i would mm. be like the the, the kid host or, or something like right. that right so i i was never really afraid to talk to people i was very outgoing and uh you know fast forward to before i started in esports uh, I just chanced upon an opportunity to join uh, you know, the commentary world. You know, back then right. no one was really doing it. It was just a small talent search for something like that. I was like, you know, why not? And I, I look up to some of the Dota commentators, mm, the StarCraft mm. commentators. Um, I kind of like what they do. You know, they bring energy to people. Yes. They bring hype to others' lives. Yes. And I was like, that's something I like to do. You know, I, I always 
you know, I see people changing lives in many ways, right? Uh, you have those people that go to overseas to build houses, build toilets, mm. build schools. And uh, yes, that, that helps people. There are some people that do uh, animal shelters. That helps as well. Uh, personally, for me, I, I, wanna, I want my help to be more widespread. Right. You know? I, like something like a, a talk show host, an esports host, can really reach out to yeah. thousands, if not like hundred thousands. Yeah. And uh, I really want to make people's lives better but not in that way where I built schools where they're like you're just listening to my show bring if it brings you a little bit of happiness a little bit of like cheer then hey I did my job so yeah. I thought hey and uh, it couples with my favorite thing which is computer games so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the sweet spot it, it just just so happens and yeah. uh, recently I moved from commentary into hosting mm. and uh, I, re- I I gave it a, a shot you know I was a little nervous on my first right. real hosting gig but then after I really got into the flow of it and I realized I like talking to people I like that instant feedback of yeah. a live performance so that's what I want to talk about your first you know your first uh, mm-hmm. hosting experience or, or the first major one where you were like oh crap you know I'm actually doing this. I'm good at this. I can do something with this. What, what was oh, that? Oh, you never feel you're good at this. You think like, I screwed up there. <laughs> I screwed up there. And then yeah. people after the show, like while you're like, okay, I'm fired. Now, you know, come down. <laughs> and then every, everyone comes to tell you, oh, you did a great job. I'm like, really? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure it's like lining up. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, it, you never think you do a good job. Yeah. I think when, when, like all performing people are very self-critical mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and we are so Definitely. critical to the point where we, we forgot that we actually did some pretty cool stuff that exactly. normal people can't do. Uh, and uh, I, I usually take it for granted that this is like after six years of experience. So mm-hmm. recently when I uh, coached a, a newer commentator right. uh, um, on request of a friend, I realized like, oh yeah, this was the guy that was me many mm. years ago <laughs> where, you know, just coming up with crap to say on the fly yeah. is quite yeah. difficult. It is difficult. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, uh, it gave me a little bit more confidence, confidence to believe yeah. in mm. the compliments. Like, okay, if you say a good, good job, then I guess I, I kind of did, you know. Kinda, <laughs> because, yeah, it, it's nice to, to hear about compliments yeah. and believe yeah. them because if you don't believe the compliments, then they're useless. Right? Exactly. Yeah, You're so. quite a perfectionist as well. I'll give you that. Yeah. You, know, you always want to do better or be better. Yeah. At least that's what I get from that's you. A, that's a crutch sometimes. Yeah, it just, mm. it sucks when you can't do it on Fortnite or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm not realistic about these things. Like, if yeah, like Fortnite is a good example. I, I, I know I'm not going to be as good as those 12 year olds that that built the yeah, Taj Mahal on fire. Like they just build that real quick. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I enjoy the game enough. I respect that it's a well made game, yeah. and uh, and it's part of why I like to be a commentator as well. You know, I like mm. to watch people play and yes. struggle and fill up the game myself. So mm. I get enjoyment about it. So, so did sorry, sorry to interject, mm-hmm. but that's that's really key. Did you did you come to that kind of conclusion that you respect game because this is something that's very unique about you you respect all games like i've seen mm-hmm. you look at mobas that you don't understand i've seen you look at fps and you actually like you take the time to respect it to understand it study the players and stuff and listen to the you know your friends when they're giving you advice so did you did you kind of get that love from your experience shotcasting and hosting mm-hmm. or was this something that you always had in you you know as you were a kid I think this is this comes down to a little bit of like maturity as you grow older. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're younger, you know, you uh, as a Dota player, I started with Dota. Uh, you, we we have this very obvious beef of League of Legends, right? <laughs> we'll have this thing where we'll we'll say like Dota is better, League is better. And I used to partake in the silliness. Uh, I mean, it, it it was a it's a pride thing, right? I've yeah. sunk so many years to this. My game's clearly better. <laughs> yeah, to, this, to this day, I still feel that Dota is um, mechanically. Uh, 
smoother, I think. But League of Legends offers, now that I've tried the game after so many years, it actually offers a lot of different things that Dota does not. And both games are equally good. Uh, but, but to your question about me respecting all sorts of games, I think it comes down to the basic principle of growing up, right? You realize that in the esports industry, we're all striving to make esports being respected. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to bring up this whole brand that we're not just this silly thing people play to waste time on. So it, with that goal in mind, it doesn't make sense for the little clans of games <laughs> to fight among each other. Mm. You know, every game is popular for a reason. Like League of Legends, as much as Dota players hate, are massive uh, because Riot did a good job promoting their game. They made a fun game. Like, you can talk you can talk crap about League all you want, but if it's not inherently fun, it, won't be uh, it has its frustrations, yeah. but if it's not inherently fun, they will not have their players. Yeah. Uh, if Riot doesn't do those spectacles, there will be no esports scene. Mm -hmm. Dota, Valve has done the same thing for its game as well. Fortnite mm -hmm. has done amazing to mainstream uh, for for gaming to hit mainstream, uh, we have Hearthstone. It's uh, you know can say it's a random RNG fest, but <laughs> Blizzard's done a great game that's entertaining to watch, yes. and all those things have its merits that should be respected. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the less you know we hate on each other, the better. You know, exactly. a little bit of competition makes it spicy once in a while, but every game has its merits, and I think I just hope more gamers actually understand right. that. Yeah. yeah. So when did you start realizing that we need to band together? You know, as different communities of different games, we still kind of am, uh, we, we still are in this together, mm -hmm. in a way. And, and, and so, how, how did you, you know, come to make sense of that? Like, what clicked in you when you start realizing that? I mean, uh, I, I think, like I said, I think it's more like just growing up and realizing that right. why are we mm. fighting? Like, we are, we are literally on the same team. Uh, it's, it's all this time it's been a civil war. Yeah. We're trying to fight with the guys outside who don't believe in us. <laughs> like the, you know, like the late night show hosts that make yeah. fun of gaming. Right. You have your parents <laughs> that make fun of gaming. You know, you have those people and then we're fighting among ourselves. It doesn't make any sense. So it just, right. I, I don't say it clicked, but over time it just like, right. you know what? I think League isn't that bad. So I started watching some of their <laughs> like cinematics and stuff. Uh, and I, I kind of got, hey, you know, League's pretty good. I still didn't try the game because, mm. uh, you know, I was still really into Dota back in then. But uh, recently I was like, you know, what the hell? I'm, I'm, right. I, I, I familiarized myself with all the games as an eSports host and League is a massive game for its yes. reasons, yeah. right? So I'm going to give it a, you know, a good old college try and uh, I've been playing a lot of League. So, and yeah. it opens opportunities for you, yep. like shoutcasting. And if you know the game, mm. then you'll be good at shoutcasting yep. the game. And the fact that you have done casting for previous games means you have the fundamentals of yeah. casting. Yeah. But then, you know, getting to yeah. know the game is key if you want to be, you know, respected as a shoutcaster in that game. I think you need to know what you're talking about. Exactly. Uh, there is a formula yeah. uh, how you can commentate on yes. games. There's a very simple formula. I'm not going to go into it. But uh, <laughs> the, 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 whole, the whole basis of uh, commentary is just using that formula and applying the random tidbits of knowledge, exactly. which comes from playing the game itself. Yes. You can't just study it. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's also why I've decided to be a host because commentators are more like scrutinized on their game right, knowledge but right. hosts can just scrape by by just knowing. Right. Right. It's very tiresome to keep up with uh, a game. Like, it is. Like in, you know, I, I, I go out of Dota for uh, like a couple of patches like mm. like not even main patches like mini patches yeah. and I come back and I'm oh there's a lot of stuff exactly. changed. Yeah. And if you don't play this on a day-to-day -day basis or like treat it more than like a full-time job it can get hard to keep track of. Like, mm. even Fortnite and, like, uh, other games like Apex Legends. Yeah. If you don't play for a couple of seasons, You're it's out very, of it, man. It's very hard to commentate and not let slip that you yeah. don't know what you're talking even, about. Even, like, a couple of weeks now, right? It's it's crazy. The games change a lot. The patches are crazy, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. That's a good thing. I like that. I like I like more frequent patches, you know, more hot fixes. Yeah. 
less shenanigans. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it keeps the game fresh, and and that's what I think is what the people want. Yes, yeah. because this is the problem with people. They see a game, they play the game, and after a while, they bash it, right? And then mm-hmm. a patch comes along, they bash it as well. Mm. But then after playing it some time, then they say, oh, this is good. But if you start doing it more frequently, then they'll be adjusted to that mm. pace, you know, of, of patches coming in. And so they start to realize that, hey, patches are good. Mm-hmm. So they react less extremely to the patches. And mm. so the more, you know, frequently it is refreshed, the more the people are satisfied. Yeah. And so it, it, it gets that out of the way. Yeah. I think uh, the most uh, the most in- interesting thing about games is that it draws such a straight parallel to how we react in real life. Yeah. Yes. Game, game updates are basically governments coming up with policies. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the exact same thing. People right. complaining are the people yep. complaining about yeah. the government. The key message here is no one's ever going to be happy. Exactly. So uh, I think devs or whatever, they just need to no, really know what they're doing and mm-hmm. believe that and... Uh, be objective. You know, you can ask a few people uh, when it comes to opinions on like what. The, I mean, you can kind of get what the social feeling of yes. it is. So I think something that Apex Legends has done pretty well, uh, Fortnite as well, is uh, they they do this. They employ this method where they 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 know that there is a problem, but to fix it all the way would break the game. Mm. For example, but people are complaining like fix it, fix it because they exactly. don't understand how exactly. the game development works. Yes. Uh, they just want it their way. They don't they don't want to lose this thing. So what Fortnite or Apex does is they just say, oh, we acknowledge this. Acknowledging is a great way. And then they give like 50%. Right. And then they throw some new bells and whistles along to yeah. distract yes. them. And then people forget about it. One yeah. of them is the cheating thing, right? Mm-hmm. The I cheating think, thing is oh, difficult. Oh, yeah, though. it's difficult. Like, it's crazy. It's inherent in all FPS games. It's to be rampant honest. in Asia. It's crazy. Southeast Asia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a business around it, right? So yeah. that's the reason. Yeah, right? it's a... Uh, that that one that that's all, that's on them to to fix yeah. it really quickly. Yeah. It should be expected. I don't think they expected their game to blow up. Mm. That's one of the curses of success. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You, you do really well you in a game. You prepare to lose, but you don't prepare to win. <laughs> yeah, right. so they they like sail, uh, failed the task successfully. Yeah. You know that meme. Yeah, <laughs> that meme. That's a, though, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that window yeah, like yeah. failed successfully. Oh, yeah, that's pretty that, much it. That uh, yeah, I don't think they expected a blow up this yep. big. Yep. And uh, as a result, they won't. Res- I, I I was surprised that they servers were ready for the, mm, the, exactly, the, the yeah. hit in the first mm-hmm, place mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah the hackers they have to deal with this ASAP I mean yes they have done great things but the internet's really unforgiving these days yes. yeah. and uh, you drop the ball for more than a month someone comes along replaces you you're done bye yeah. as you like to say nice memes yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think PUBG faced this uh, when Fortnite came Definitely. along they dropped Definitely. the ball for too long yes and now Fortnite is king and uh, even with Apex out I think Fortnite is still, still king, king I yeah. think a lot yeah. of Apex people are delusional if they think that Fortnite is going anywhere Right. Uh, Apex, on the other hand, have a very short life yeah. um, mm. lifespan now, and if they're not careful, they could just be forgotten as, yeah. as easily. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of new models coming out, and uh, you just need one to latch on long enough for your your game your player base to drop mm-hmm. enough, mm-hmm. and then you're done. Mm. So, cool. I mean, Apex is a great game. I hope it sticks around, and yeah. I hope it's the fun. devs deal with their yeah. problems. Yes. So yeah, let's 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 talk about that then. Fortnite, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the whole basis. Fortnitely, you saw this game. Obviously, you wanted to host a mm-hmm. talk show, a gaming talk show, for yeah. a while now, right? Yeah, was it's, that an idea? It, it's been an it's been an idea for a couple of years, mm. but it's mostly just an idea that floats in my head. Like, how nice would it be if you know we had like a Jimmy Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Fallon but for gaming, for game, you know, yeah. or like Ellen DeGeneres but for gaming, you know, something like that. And uh, I, you know, it just floats in my head. You know, I did a couple of like 
I guess, drafts of my own just to see how it would look. Mm. Uh, me wearing a suit on a table, like stuff like that. Like, you know, just like a little bit of fantasy. Wait, so, so did you actually dress up when you were drafting that? Or were you just, you know... I did, I did take some preliminary shots with right. uh, yeah with, right. with the suit and everything. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. you know, visualization. He's a really right? good artist. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. No, no, I didn't draw it out, but oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But uh, I I do draw, but I don't. I didn't draw myself. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah, I said that would have been that would been weird. You know, yeah. your mom coming in. What is this? <laughs> this is Lysander, drawn by Lysander. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That takes the selfie to a new level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So so I I mean I just put like together some like um. Oh, I guess like some pictures of like the desk and how yep, it yep. would look roughly mm-hmm. and uh, you know I mean of course that initial model and the current model is very different so yeah, mm. yeah I know I, I tried out some show like logo designs mm. but yeah uh, I didn't really think too much about it because I didn't really know how it would fit into the grand scheme of things right. until really experiencing esports a lot more and uh, allowed me to okay yeah so this is where it all fits in you know mm. like the, the whole talk show thing is like the missing piece mm. for mm. esports so when was that point when you decided okay I'm going forward with this show uh, uh, I think the well I wouldn't say the last straw but right. the last few straws were when I saw what was happening in Singapore um exactly what was happening to our football scene uh, back a couple of years ago. I think I do this comparison very long, uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends as well. Uh, I think back in 2010, 2012, our prime minister was saying like, oh yeah, we'll bring uh, one of our, our national soccer team will qualify for FIFA World Cup or something like that. Now now look at our local soccer scene. Like that, like the things that happened then, the the measures in place, the people that were put in charge. I mean, it's a little controversial to to speak about, (laughs) but I I don't want to prod anyone the wrong way. But yeah, I mean, look at the our local soccer, um, no soccer scene now compared to the fire that our PM talked about back in the day. Yeah. And uh, so we're now at that point where they're 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 singing praises about esports back when they were singing praises about soccer. They were doing that, and the measures applied for soccer back then weren't good enough mm. and uh, I, I wasn't really there to take notes but I can see a similar tr- worrying trend as how Singaporeans approach things and that is the cautious afraid to take risks kind of uh, mannerisms right, right. that leads to all like trying to employ strategies that are outdated or putting mm. the wrong people in charge <laughs> of something like something like football is a young person thing right maybe you could say maybe even up to middle age yeah the, the people that really get it like the others are like maybe just watchers and fans. Yes. So, you know, but the, the, the people that are in charge are the people that might not even play football or they don't watch football enough to be really caring about how an esports mm. ecosystem works. So it's the same thing in esports, right? You can't put a 50-year-old guy that's never played computer games in yes. his life in charge of the esports division. And uh, I've seen some things, no, not exactly that, but I've seen similar things where a sports department just gets transferred um, over and say, okay, now you have an E in front of your department. You're in charge of esports. You handle a tennis tournament. <laughs> you can do this. You know that kind of <laughs> comparisons. I've seen that happen, right. like on multiple occasions. I've seen events um, that were no that that had a lot of money put into them in Singapore, and uh, you know they, they're they're great spectacles, but they're just not ready because um, while you have built a really impressive shell, what that's uh, what mm. drives the Western scene is lacking and that's a community the grassroots like the people that really care about these things like when you look at a football event they paint their faces they go in with their colours we need that in Singapore before you even build any of those stadiums or gaming houses or whatever you know you need people that are genuinely hyped about this we Mm. have a lot of gamers Mm. but these people are scared they're hiding in their their houses afraid to tell people because you know they get get flamed every Chinese New Year (laughs) they get 
the, the Asian parent, man. That, yes. I mean, society puts a really harsh stick on uh, yeah. on gamers. Yes. And this is this is how. Uh, I mean, with this going on, whatever they do on the outside is not going to matter. And uh, I decided, like, okay, you know, I tried talking. I tried, I tried, like, oh, can you, you guys maybe try doing this a different way? But, you know, I get brushed aside because, you know, I'm not a guy <laughs> with a double degree. Yeah. I'm not a 12-year director or a certain company. So no one's going to lift into me. Uh, and again, it's like the Singaporean thing, right? We, we go with what works and people with the longer CVs yes, get to yeah. listen. <clears throat> so I said, okay, I'm just going to build my own CV then. Mm. You know, I'm just, uh, if you guys are not going to listen, I'm going to build something and then it'll show you guys later. So I said, okay, last uh, last August, I said, okay, we're doing this. So I went to start looking for people. I found a couple of really good uh, people that are still with me now. Right. Trained them up, talked to them about esports, like the real view of what I've seen mm. in uh, the West and from my events that I've worked at over over the over the world. And I was like, we can bring this back to Singapore. We can do that. And uh, yeah, so so we went ahead. We I put some money in, built, bought some equipment, found a great location, and we produced six episodes of our. Six episodes. our pilot episode and it's all meant to be a prototype and in the final episode we really went all in we got a really famous guest down mm-hmm. to really test the concept can mm. we do this like a late night show style where we get someone popular I mean a, a show is based on its guests ultimately yeah. right so we brought a really famous guy down and we tested the waters and we, we got a lot of the we got way more than what we got on those episodes where when you got like locals right. I won't say a small time but more uh, localized, localized talent yeah. compared to a really f- famous guy, and uh, yeah, our numbers uh, went through the roof. You know, it's like almost how much more uh, percent? Yeah, about almost. Wait, I'm, I'm I'm bad with the numbers. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we went from an average of sixty, okay. and we hit like a thousand eight hundred viewers wow. on the final episode. So wow, it's like right. a really big jump. Yeah. Like our engagement numbers went through the roof, and it, it proved my concept, which was really glad for me, and I got a. A lot of content and uh, yeah. a lot of clips out of it that can show the concept of what I'm trying to do mm-hmm. uh, to anyone that might want to listen, yes. uh, investors or people looking to enter the scene here, looking for a solution as to why their events aren't turning up numbers that they were promised. Right. Mm. Yeah. All right. So let's slow down a little bit. I know you, you talk about that, like this whole journey mm-hmm. in that two, three minutes. So I want to dissect that a little bit more. Yeah, sure. Talk about the problem with people not understanding how to get the numbers because that's what you're trying to solve with uh the show as well right so like you mentioned the last point you had like people numbers yeah yeah, not knowing about getting the numbers so tell me about the problem and what you think of the problem okay uh well the the main problem i think will come down to to the differences in esports scenes in the west and asia Okay. And by Asia, I would like to define it a little bit more. I know sure. I'll take I'll take China out of the equation. China is its own market. It's its own business. And yeah, and it's Korea crazy. is its own paradise, right? Yeah. It's its own gamer <laughs> paradise. So it we're gonna is. take them out of sure. Southeast Asia outliers. as well. So, yeah, so they're the outliers. China is its own thing. Yeah, Korea. Uh, and so the rest <laughs> of us, uh, you know, are left kind of hanging. You know, we got Taiwan that's doing kind of well. You got, right. uh, you know, they got a couple of uh, AOV stuff there. They got mm. uh, they got some local offices. They're really putting work. Yeah. And uh, you know, Taiwan's pretty progressive in, in general so yeah. Taiwan's pretty okay then we've got Thailand who, who have a booming uh, esports industry yes. you know Twitch is massive there you know it has blown up over the past two years I think they've like they've experienced like 400-500% growth mm. so they're really huge and uh, and then we got the rest of us you know you got uh, you got a very fragmented market and uh, th- that's the main problem. Like, whereas in the West, everyone speaks one thing everyone speaks English that's one thing that really helps to tie everything in together and the other thing is 
Twitch uh, and like I mean the, the Twitch is the biggest uh, live stream uh, yes. provider and they have a really good hold in the West. You know, there are a lot of game developers there mm-hmm. from the West. I mean, all the big game developers are from the West, from basically. The West, yes. Yeah, you have your Riot, you have your Overwatch, Blizzard, uh, you have Valve. Valve, mm-hmm. yeah, you have Twitch. So why I bring up Twitch again is because recently their initiative, Twitch Rivals, mm. is a exactly what, it's not exactly, but it's similar to what we're trying to do. Because Twitch has focused so much resources, all the content creators, your ninjas, your shrouds, mm. uh, your offline TV, Pokimane, you know, you have so many influencers. Now, influencer marketing, that, that is felt mm-hmm. in Asia and yeah. the West, everywhere. Influencer marketing is big. But in the gaming scene, influencer marketing is only kind of big in the West. Like, mm, it's yeah. widespread in the West. You have some really yeah. big millionaire-level influencers in the West, and they all come from the West. You have professional players, all the pro teams that are worth a damn. You know, you have your Liquids, your EGs, yeah. yes. your Astralis. You have all, all the, from the West. All of them are from the West because, first of all, you know, they, they have a better scene, right? Because mm. they have all these mm. good players, and they built these players up to be, like, like icons. You know, they, you look you look at a Cloud9 photo shoot from uh, from yeah, Counter Strike. They, they look, look yeah, like dude, ANF models. Yeah, they, they look, look like, like ANF models. Dude. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's. I mean, and then you look at our guys uh, wearing <laughs> flip flops up on stage. You know, it, it's a they have like the long emo hair, <laughs> right. and then they have the flip flops up <laughs> right. on stage. They don't work out. It's it's rough. It's yeah. uh, it's. I mean, yeah, it's it's rough. I think it doesn't take a lot of effort to build some image, and uh, you know that's just one of the outline yeah. problems. Uh, the main problem is. There is a system in the West that mm. has guaranteed results. Mm. One thing, of course, definitely the developers being closer to their home ground, being able to throw tournaments nearer in the West is, yes. is a big help. But uh, the influences coming from the West is a big thing, mm. I think. It is, it is what drives a lot of the ecosystem because you have your big tournaments. They are more like pit stops. Like you have your Wolf series and everything. But the most important thing is these influencers keep the conversation flowing mm. in between these. You know, like, oh, whatever the Pokimane does on her daily, uh, I follow because I follow Pokimane. And so when Poki goes for an event, I'm hyped. She goes for Teen Choice Awards, not even gaming. I'm hyped, you know, because yeah. you follow her daily life and this brings you from point A to point B. Otherwise, you spend this time looking at other things. Mm. Yeah. And when the actual thing comes, like, why should I care? You know? So that's what we have in the Asia. You know, you have like, ooh, one big tournament here, one big tournament there. But in between, we talk about other things, you know, school, whatever, because right. there's no conversation flowing. Or mm. we watch things going on in the West, which doesn't tie back to Asia because like in comparison, we look lame, mm. you know? So we, for, for the, for that, so that's the problem, right? We have a fragmented market yep. and we have no influences. Mm. Let's just go with that for now. Then let's go back here to Asia and uh, what, what would solve this is something to bind it all together. Mm. So why I did this talk show is because we are like the, uh, like a glue, uh, like a social glue for esports uh, influencers or content creators. As a talk show itself, we are a platform. We can promote. We can promote uh, any events that'll be coming. Yep. We talk about the events. You know, we we build personalities. You know, there's myself. There are there are people on my team as well. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. my co-hosts, correspondents, people that act in skits. You know, people that actually do stuff. And uh, these people can be built up as content creators because when you tell someone like, "Hey, go stream, go stream <laughs> a couple of hours a day," yeah, the, it's it's it lacks context and it, it's kind of weird as well because you don't really get a chance to practice anything. Exactly. Like I'm just. Staring my camera, I, I might get good, I might not get good. 
and uh, you know taking them for like classes and stuff. Mm. It feels very weird. It's like in school they teach you how to be good mechanically, but they don't teach you how to adapt. Yes. And what my show serves to do is also uh, as a like kind of real environmental, like a real environment kind of classroom. Mm. You get to do actual things. You get to interact with real celebrities. You get to interact with, you know. Real, real life happening situations that will be useful as a content creator. As a streamer, you need to be entertaining. You need to know how to talk, and that's that's what being on a talk show will mm. help you do. Right. And then when we bring in those famous people, and if you're on the team, you get to mingle with them, and yeah. you know that's that obvious exchange of like uh, viewership. You know, you get some of their exposure. You also get to learn from them. What makes them What makes them good? You know. Mm-hmm. They can share some tips with you. Like we've done that with Jake and Bake on our final episode. So our our local streamer Naji got a lot of uh, got a lot of help, got a lot of tips from that. A lot of the other people we brought in as well has uh, really helped her out. And uh, you know, from the six months, so, so we did a little bit of a uh, you know data. You no, know, we did a little bit of check. So Naji right. Naji's uh, Naji's my co-host, and she's also like a, a live streamer for two over years. But when we found her. Uh, so we did so we did check from before we found her and after we found her and uh, the six months before we found her we, we took the stats from that and we took the six months after we found her and we did the program together and everything and she grew like almost five hundred percent in terms of subscribers Ooh, wow. damn and she also had she also doubled her viewership almost right. like two point five times two point two times I, I I don't want to take all the credit for this but uh, no she also had a lot of stake in it by moving uh, like. I, I give her tips. I give her like, okay, we should do this. We should do this. And she actually went out of her comfort zone to do it. So on it. She yeah. acts on it. Yeah. So a, lo- a lot of credit goes to her as well. She, mm. she meets other people. I link her up people, but it's up to her to go of like, yeah. like yeah. build that yeah. relationship. So uh, that's something I want to do for other people. So right. we also have a uh, local, uh, like we have our in-house DJ. So his mm. name is Gerald. We're also trying to build him up in that aspect. But like it's, a, it's, a, like, it's, it's a different, it's a different path for him. So there's a, there's a female streamer. There's a, he, he likes to do music right. and games. So there's a, like different styles that we can do. Then I, I personally like to do a lot more outdoor stuff, gaming stuff, like more like chatty stuff, you know? Right. So then we're also looking for new people, that people that can be really you know, funny, maybe more comedic people. Mm. Uh, there, there's room for a lot of people here. And uh, what we're trying to show from our first season is basically a prototype of uh, what could happen if we scale up. Mm. So um, that, 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 that's the whole idea. Like we, we just did a little bit of everything that we we're trying to prove. And then say, okay, if we scale up, right. we can do a lot more. Yeah, that was yeah. really interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. the point about, you know, having people on your team grow with you when, you know, you get the exposure by, uh, I don't know, say, get a celebrity on. And then they can latch on it in a way mm-hmm. and then just, you know, build on top of that, right? Yeah. So, and then you, you, you mentioned you can apply this to a lot of different people. Yeah. Like, not just people who are involved in esports, but people like DJs and, you know, maybe in the future, like, video editors, mm-hmm. you know, audio engineers maybe yeah and the question is like what kind of other paths do you see that can benefit from that show format that you just shared i mean like uh like you mentioned already i think mm. i think the, the the main thing that binds us all together is like a lot of people play games but yeah. they also have full-time jobs games is just this thing that really brings us together right. you know we work in the day and then we play at night we all we all always enjoy a couple of games. And some people play football, some people play games. You know, it's a it's it's a very similar parallel. And uh, like you said, uh, I've I think I've always tried to push the message that a career in gaming is not just for professional gamers. Exactly. There are a lot of career options out there. You have your business owners, you have your advertisers who are doing all the ads. You know, you have your designers, you even have lawyers, psychologists. You even have like a personal masseuse for for some <laughs> of the players. So like, yeah, there are so they actually do. many jobs. Uh, that you have in real life yeah. that just 
can be converted to this billion dollar industry, mm. uh, I think that parents are not latching on to. It's yes. like, you don't have to be the next ninja. You know, the, the, yes. the parents need to understand this. Like your kid can be doing business, but he loves games. And that makes him more suited to be in a company working with games mm. than a person that is not because he point. will love the subject matter. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that, that, that is what, that is that is uh, the basis of what right. we're trying to do. I, I mean, I can't really flesh out exactly how and who will benefit <laughs> when, but uh, it, it's more like think of us like a and we're like an exchange point. We're this beacon yeah. in the middle, and things just come through us, and everyone in the middle just benefits mm. and grows, and uh, hopefully we bring enough people here to aspire. Like you bring a famous guy here, we let the people say this is what you can become. Yes, and. Uh, what I think what we also need is for the people with the, the muscle. You know, that you know, all that people that have the muscle that have been building these events, they mm-hmm. need to give us that muscle mm. to incentivize people to, to actually take that leap of faith. So if I'm going to be ditching college, for example, for an esports journey, I should be I should be able to get that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and it should be kind of tangible, right? So at the end of this, do I get this salary or do I get this potential gig? Or do I get, you know, something like that. Mm. You know, if I'm going to be giving up something more mainstream, it has to be lucrative. Mm. yeah, Or at least a little bit less. But it has to be somewhat there uh, for people to want to make the jump. Because right now, it's just a couple of, oh, yeah, let's do a community tournament, $2,000. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, split that five ways, you know, for your MOBAs. You only got like 400 a guy. Yeah, And that, that's like cool. You know, that's nice. Yeah, for but a it's gamer. Not, it's yeah. not enough to ditch your job. Exactly. You yeah. can't, you gotta, it's got to be good enough for people to ditch their day jobs. Yeah. It's kind of like how grab hailing or ride hailing actually like, did, uh, like, like pulled a fast one on all of us. <laughs> they came in. They said, oh, here you go. Um, rides three times cheaper than normal cabs. And they will pick you up where you want, anytime you want. Good deal, right? Got you hooked for like a month. And then they pulled all the stops, yeah. and then suddenly now it's like super expensive. It's like it's kind of like normal cabs, yeah. but you're already stuck on it, right? So, but, but what is the parallel in esports? Like, h- how do we? Y- you mentioned like winning prize money is nice, but of course you can't live out of it yet. Mm-hmm. But of course, our interest as people in esports is to get that to be the you know the standard, right? Where people play and live off of their winnings, or even if they don't win, they have something that they can rely upon. Yeah. So what is the parallel of the ride hailing industry of, you know, hooking us in and then pulling all the stops? So uh, one very good example is a chain of, I think community tournaments are right, correct. Sure. They're correct, uh, but they should also be done with uh, a large, much larger prize pool. Right. And it should be done in a headhunting kind of format. So mm, what? So in my mind, what needs to happen is there needs to be a bunch of people that have been already secured, like interested parties. Think of it like uh, American Idol. Okay. You already got those record labels ready to sign whoever wins. Right. Mm. So you want those people to bid over the winner, right. kind of that kind of situation. So it's kind of like a scouting ground for people? Kind of. So yeah. now we have resurgence. Maybe mm. we, we, we get two more rich guys to say that I want to do teams as well. Right. Come to Singapore and say, okay, now we're going to do this headhunting tournament. We're going to put 50 grand. And uh, it's going to be a very basic deathmatch points only kind of system for right. Fortnite, for example. We play 10 games. The top 10 people will win five grand each. Like, simple. And to, to a high school kid, five grand is a big amount it's of money. Big, but if you look at it, 50,000 is not a lot of money. When you throw like 300K, 200K into a Dota tournament mm-hmm. and you're giving it to people that already earn a lot more than that, exactly. you know, that, that money is poorly yeah. spent. Yes. But if you put only a fraction of that and give back to the community, yes. 
I feel like it's a lot better because Things are gonna happen. these kids are going to say, mom, I'm, I think I'm, I'm going to try this because at the end of this, not only is there $5,000, there's a chance at a contract as well yes. and a proper like gaming house. I think what Resurgence have been doing is really noble and what mm. they're doing is actually on the right path and I do hope they get compensated for it soon because, uh, you know, and that happens when the scene goes alive because these, these uh, pro teams function when there's a people around them to support them. Yes. Like when there are right. communities and people like saying, oh my God, I want to root for Resurgence because mm-hmm. Team Singapore is going to put us on the map. Things yeah, like that. Yeah. You, the more fired people up, the better Resurgence will flourish. You know, themes like Resurgence, you know, we have Team Flash as well uh, in Singapore, mm-hmm. but Resurgence has a much bigger roster. So, you know, right. the best, the, our aim should be to at least get like uh, rivals to match them. Yes. Like, right? So Flash, uh, expand their, uh, their, their... Presence? Yeah, not the presence, but their... Numbers, I guess. The number right, of yeah. Because Resurgence has okay. like eight squads, right? Uh, okay. And Flash has, I don't know, two, three? Mm. Yeah, and and the thing three. is, yeah, and, and yeah, so then you need another one, maybe. I don't yes. know. Like, and then we can move out into Southeast Asia. You know, right. we, we hit up Malaysia, we hit up Philippines. They, they're driven. Mm-hmm. They just need someone to bring it all together because these kids, like, whenever, like, in Philippines, for example, I think Philippines is a really good example. You bring a tournament in there, they go rabbit. <laughs> like, these guys are crazy like about yeah. their esports. <laughs> and the thing is, it's so sad because these tournaments barely come in. Right. And that energy is all wasted. They channel that energy into their computer screens instead of a live event. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, your, your, your main KPIs for your event organizers are like people turning up. Yeah. So when you only have events like once a year, it's such a waste of a big community like the Philippines. And if you can do constant stuff and like bring it around, let's say like, I think a, a good model, I think you talk about ride hailing. So for us, we should do something like a Asia's next top model kind of right. thing where they, they start in Singapore or they film most of it in Singapore but they do pit stops around the world right. mm. around Southeast Asia. Asia now we got a Thailand shoot we mm. got a Philippine shoot so we, we just go there and then we get representatives right. from everyone then we bring it together right. so kind of like the that the goal is actually to get people to turn up right yeah it's, it's getting yeah. people to turn up yeah. but you, to, for them to do that they, they gotta they gotta feel it right why do yeah, people exactly. come to Comic Con why do people mm. turn up at BlizzCon it's because of the community I'm there with my fellow nerds and we're going to have a good-ass yes. time. Like, we had a good-ass time the last few years and it's going to be it's, it's gonna be the it's same. Gonna be that's that's yeah. going to be the feel yeah. they get. Like, anime conventions can do it. Gaming conventions yeah. can do it. And it's already proven. Like, Singapore, yes. Singapore anime conventions are pretty crazy. It yeah. is big. So, there's no reason why gaming yeah. ones should not. So, yeah. there is a real disconnect yeah. there. And uh, then that, that can be resolved very yeah. easily. You know, yeah. There's a the thing, right, with anime conventions because... I used to compete in this uh, uh, tournament, mm-hmm. and this esports uh, uh, title game is just in the corner of an anime convention. So, like when I was competing, the chairs were like empty, but on the other side, I see people with cosplays and everything. They're just like, <laughs> ooh, like, they're having fun. But esports is not happening, and and so the question is: Is it on the people who are into esports mm-hmm. for them to be? very supportive of the scene because that's the thing right if you talk about philippines maybe yes they are uh, very passionate and when events come they come for the events is that what we need here in singapore or you know in general southeast asia i think different different countries have different of course uh different styles of how you should tackle it like like singaporeans are very self-critical of their own people yeah you need outside validation before you know there's this whole oh yeah we support foreigners more than us it's not exactly (laughs) true we kind of for us we support local but we kind of like our locals better with the foreigners proof stamp of approval (laughs) on it yeah you know if you look at uh i think uh, that's why i'm really proud of our local band the samuelos Mm. 
because they didn't exactly go through this whole like famous in Taiwan and come back. Kind of right. Thing. They, they were did grown, yeah. grown yes. and then they, they got respected by Singaporeans the good old fashioned way, which is very rare yep. in yep. Singapore. And uh, it's always something about like, it's, it's kind of like the brand like level that I right. like, like put a peg to. I'm like, okay, we should try and hit that level in our esports scene where we are international enough that foreign foreign viewers can appreciate mm. us, but mm. we're also like down to the roots that locals yes. don't think we sold out. Yep. You know, that 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 mixes a good balance. Whereas in the Philippines, they have their they have their champions. They have their they have their Alodia, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the cosplayer. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. that, yep, that yep. girl, she's like super famous and she appears at any mall. Exactly. People are gonna swarm her. Damn. And uh, you know, you you have a few of these people. I, I'm not sure of all their names, I'm sorry. I'm not sure of all the Filipino uh influences, but <laughs> yes. there are a lot of very big ones and they are fanatic. So you use that for Philippines. Mm. For Malaysia, use whatever suits for Malaysia. You know, you, you have that different style that can be applied to different uh, different regions. But ultimately, the goal is to get the community running and uh, you need appropriate influences from each part. Yeah. Mm. That, but the thing is, everyone needs to come together. Just exactly. like how the West has come together. Right now, we are fragmented. fragmented. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of sounds like, you know, obviously you have your own opinions about it. And I, and I quite frankly agree with quite a lot of what you're saying. Sounds like you know what you want to do isn't isn't just it's beyond the gaming show as well, right? Mm-hmm. Do you do you see yourself kind of playing a part in you know solidifying whatever is going on here with regards to the esports scene or kind of branching it out into Southeast Asia? Like, is that is that the plan? Is that the yeah, long term? That's, that's the long term plan. Yeah. Like the, the show is the show is a tool. Like it's fun. It's really fun. I really enjoy it on a personal level because I always want to do this. It, it's, uh, I think it's very meaningful as well. You get to see a lot of people. You get to see a lot of things. And I, like, I, like, I get to bring a lot of people up that passionate I think are good. Passionate people. Like passionate people yeah. that actually want to live this dream as well that I've always wanted to do as a mm. kid. Yep. And I, I want to share this with people. I, I see people like, you know, they, they say like, you know, their dad always tells them. So I think it's, it's kind of tough on guys. It's also really tough on girls, especially girls, right? Where mm. gaming is a thing that boys and girls can both enjoy, but girls really get it tough because parents tend to like, oh, girls shouldn't play games. Yep. That's even worse on girls. Yeah. So, you know, we already have a lot of problems in the esports scene with females. So I want to make sure that we can build a system where mm. people are like, why are you not in esports exactly. kind of thing? Instead of like, whoa, gaming, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, I want uh, it's my dream to bring the world to that level. Uh, whether I'll hit it, <laughs> yeah, where I hit it is another question, but uh, yeah, that's definitely a, a mm. goal that I have in mind. If I don't do it, I would I want to get people fired up enough to be able to do it. And right. do, you, do you think you know this? I mean, it goes back to what you're saying. This isn't like a one man kind of job, right? You need your team of Avengers. You need everyone to band together, mm-hmm. get together, and make this happen, right? Yeah. Do you feel like you're kind of doing that with the team that you're assembling at Fortnightly? And again, you know. I mean, I know one of my friends joined mm-hmm. uh, your show. I know how he found out about you. Yeah. It was an Instagram post. But how else did you find these people? You know, I, and how are you going to find people to help you with this big, big mm-hmm. task? Yeah, um, I, I found. I found. Like I said, I found my initial team through scouting through Twitch channels. I, I looked for some streamers. I try and see what potential we had in Singapore. I actually went through a bit, and I found a couple of people that way. Uh, I found the rest. I, I signed up, uh, put up an ad on Instagram and Facebook. Right. Some people replied to me. I gave them a questionnaire, a long interview process, and uh, I, I got my initial like eight people. And uh, over time, as we did our project, we, we asked people to come in. You know, through luck, 
events and everything we, we got a few more people to to tag along mm. uh and for season two we're going to be putting out another uh like i guess a call to arms kind of situation you know and now we have more stuff to show right mm. before like my initial team shout out to them they they believed a pipe dream like there was nothing for show they believed me over like just me talking to them they believed me they joined me and I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. Like, I mean, six months to power through something like that is nuts. Mm. And uh, it really just goes to show how much gamers want to stand up for this. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think now I'm very confident that we can even look for more people. Mm. No, we definitely need more people like designers. We need writers. Yeah, Sabir, Sabir is interested <laughs> as well. We, I mean, we, we, need, we need a lot of different types of yes. people. And I, I'm, I'm very happy to meet these people. And even if they can't help us, you know, they, they have their full-time jobs to commit and everything, just spreading the good word. Yeah. Uh, will be very helpful. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to be doing a Kickstarter uh, mm-hmm. you know, in the next month okay. or so. And uh, we're gathering, we're doing like the preliminary like um, push for now, you know, right. and yeah. then we're going to throw it up. We're yep, yep. filming our trailer. And uh, yeah, very excited for that. Nice. So was that trailer about the show? As in, yeah, I know it's about the show, but <laughs> <laughs> stupid question. But uh can you give us a sneak peek of the trailer? Like? Uh, there is no sneak peek. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I, I. The only thing I can say is that I. I'm. Uh, it's going to be. It's just going to be the message, right? The message. That this is uh, this is the time for esports to rise up. Mm. You know, it sounds very cliche, but this is the this is the time, and I think we have a good way to do it. I think a lot of times people say, "Yeah, esports is the time," but th- there are no solutions yeah. being brought forward. Mm. So the trailer is just basically. Time for esports to rise up, and here's the solution. I hope you agree. <laughs> if you want to help, here's the link, and uh, there's going to be a longer video explaining what our whole project's about. Um, but I can share that we are going to be basing the trailer very similarly to how the Cyberpunk guys did it. <laughs> I, I really, I really like that game, and it's kind of like a homage cool. to it. Uh, we get, we're going to try and make it very um, movie trailer like right. as much as we can. Uh, apart from that, I'm not sure how much we're going to deviate from it. Hopefully, I don't sure. defend any cyberpunk. <laughs> I hope the people that watch the video get the references. Yeah, well. That'd yeah. Be cool. we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing the second season as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope it turns out good. And I just want to say, I agree with the message. Like, your message is resonating with us. Yeah. Because <clears throat> part of why we started the show as well is that, you know, fragmented nature of this. Uh, region we are in like why is nobody stopping and thinking and talking about things that's happening because that's dangerous mm. right we we talked about it like we see the money pouring in so fast like it's crazy but what's going to come out of that is what we're not sure about right yep. and, and and nobody's trying to talk about it and that's scary right because money comes in fast it's going to come out fast if things don't go well, right? I think I think people are talking about it. It's just that mm. the right people are not listening. Uh, <laughs> that is the problem. Uh, there are people that have raised... Uh, okay, let me rephrase sure. that. I think there are people that actually have talked about this. Uh, the, the issue, the, there are a few problems. Like sometimes they talk about they raise valid points, but they don't give proper solutions. Uh. That's one. Uh, there are things, like I said, the people that should be listening are not listening mm. because they're doing their old tried and tested right. method. Mm. They, they, they believe that just because something worked for them mm. in the past, it'll work again. again and yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it is, uh, and I, guess, I wouldn't say it's just a Singaporean model, it's an Asian model it as is. well, where people are more cautious mm. about their approach and as such, they, they go back to things that they are more comfortable with. Mm. And that tends to open you up to 
people uh, misinformation yep. that's first thing um scammers is another thing i <laughs> think scammers big. is a very a bit of a heavy word yeah but there are people that there overpromise. Are people like that. yes there are people that overpromise a lot and when these expectations are not met uh you could you know, we as a esports scene could feel the, the pinch when these investors say okay this is getting a little bit too red flaggy for me i'm gonna i'm gonna pull out mm. and then you have less money coming in and then eventually this will dry up and then we'll end up with a very sad state of affairs, mm. you know, and then we were looking back and thinking, what ifs? So, <laughs> right. yeah. So okay, I, so... But it's not as bleak as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully not, right? Yeah, it's not so as bleak as that. Before we get to the what ifs state, mm-hmm. what kind of right people are we looking at? Like you mentioned, the right people are not listening, the right yeah. kind of people. So what... what who are these right people? Yeah, I think the the right people are hopefully starting listening. Uh, well, mm. I guess some of the, the big the big event organizers will right. be the first ones okay. that you want. I mean, they are the ones that stand to benefit the most from yeah. a, mm-hmm. a vibrant mm-hmm. community yeah, because course. their events are going to be packed. They're yes. going to oversell. That's their. It's in their best interest to make sure these goes well. Yeah, and then that that's one. Uh, I, I think uh, like from a Singaporean's perspective, government could definitely do a lot of work. I mean, look at what they do for F one. They close down major roads yep. to turn it into a racetrack. <laughs> if we can do that, we can do esports. I, I, that right. is always gonna like whenever I doubt myself, I'm like, if the government can do that, we can do esports. Like there I love, is, I love, the, I love that. I love yeah. that example. <laughs> there is no way that you can tell me that's impossible mm-hmm. when you can close roads down. Like, <laughs> like that, that, that this isn't. And, and the thing is that the F one wasn't even brought in by a government guy. It was yeah. brought in yeah. by a businessman. So it gives me hope. Like right. uh, that someone can do it, and if the government believes it and sees it in the right way, uh, I like to think my way is the right way. But you know, whatever way is the right way, mm. um, that that we can really do something about it. I mean, the government's always been very. Um, I would say pretty effective sometimes when right. it comes to um, coming up with models mm. to push some initiatives. I think right, they've done right. really good for their SMEs or well, not SMEs. I, I don't really know too much about this, but like start, I mean, more so companies, yeah. yeah, companies really benefit from yes. the model because the government really pushes out a lot of grants and stuff, and it really helps a lot of people. Yep. And uh, if they do something similar, for I talked about the incentives, right? <laughs> so the government is the one with the real money and the firepower to be able to throw these out. And yeah. unlike uh, venture capitalists or other investors, they don't really they don't ask require. for a return. Yeah. They don't yeah. need a return apart from the results. And that is a very important source yeah, yeah. of uh, help that Definitely. we can get. Because otherwise, we're going to be trading. We need to over-monetize or what because we need to pay it back. But the government really wants it to push uh, forward. They can do it without asking for the return. So, so do you have a view on how we're going to get to there? I mean, I, I mean, there's Sea Games, and, and I think mm-hmm. it's going to raise some... You know, level of nationalists. You know, I, I think I think there are a few ways to do it that can't be foreseen. There, right. there's something that we could get our next ninja from Asia. We never That's, know. See, literally, I was gonna say, yeah. you know, if you if you like, even if it's not the ninja from Asia, if Ninja himself came down, or if you got Pokemon to come down, yeah, the crowd would just turn the government's head really into though. Yeah, because that's the question, right? Yeah. Do people will? Will people show up? Okay, so so the thing is, it's not whether they show up. Mm. It's how you use these people. Yeah. Like right. offline TV came down during hyperplay, and in my opinion, if you ask if they were well utilized, I think no. Yeah. Like the amount of money it cost right. to bring the entire—I won't say the whole house down, but three quarters of the house down—couldn't have been cheap. And I felt like they could have been done. They could have done way more with them than just signings. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like it was. 
Uh, I mean, that, that's what my show does, right? We brought our guests down. We brought him around, get him to try some food. We filmed vlogs with him. Right. We filmed, like, content with his girlfriend. Things that, that the internet likes. Because we know what these guys, uh, like, th- his fan base. We know, like, his fan base loves to know yes. more about yes. his girlfriend. So we really went and made a lot of content with his girlfriend. Like, baking segment. We have, like, a joke segment <laughs> with him. With the girlfriend involved. And this gives content that his viewers want. Yes. And this blows up the views post yeah. yep. and then we study this guy because we know him well we are gamers we study these characters we know how to ask them the juicy questions mm. whereas if you do the, the basic no, yeah. like like radio show approach you just ask the very normal stuff you won't you won't know the nitty gritty <laughs> exactly. unless you're really in it exactly. and it takes gamers to to know what gamers want mm. and uh, yeah so so if you're asking if Pokemon comes down and what we can use use her properly, yeah, I think I think uh, we can right. definitely use her appearance properly yep. if she does come down. Uh, but like I said, a lot of things can like a lot of things in it like you can't really predict what's going to change yeah. of course. The, the thing because we could get a ninja from Asia and then yep. suddenly like yo influencers in gaming are a pretty good deal like that could change it. But I think uh, a really good way is to artificially um, like seed it so. If you make it, we give you this amount of money, kind of mm. thing, right? And then people start working towards it. Of course, mm. you go do your yeah. check and balances, yeah. do your check and balances to make sure people don't abuse it. Yes. But the 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 goal is we give you a repayment that matches a full time job yep. in Singapore, for example, or like something that at least kind of matches yeah. that, so that you can safely say, okay, ditching college, going for gaming. You need to be able to actually shift that. So that that comes with a lot of money. That's yes. where the money problem comes yep. in. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's plenty of money. Like we yeah, already exactly. said. So that's right. where the money needs to be going. Yes, yeah. but it just needs to be planted in the right ground. Correct, yes. So yeah, I, re- I really hope these things happen. And so I just wanted to talk about this parallel with F1. Okay. Uh, F1 is really big. Like every time there's a Grand Prix here in Singapore, it's like filled up mm. to the brim and mm. people are just watching live. They show up, right? But what I don't get is if you show up to an F1 event and you're watching F1 racers, you're only going to be seeing the cars for a split second, yeah. right? And then you sit there waiting for the next But lap. it's the mm. festivities that you, yeah, you, yeah. Go, yeah. you go there for the show. You, you go there for, yeah. you go there to meet the, you, you go there to shake hands in the, yeah, the box. Yeah, the box. Exactly. You meet those exactly. VIPs. A lot of them treat it like a networking yeah. event. So my point is this. So there's that in F1, right? But with esports, you can actually have both worlds. Mm-hmm. Network, meet people, festivities, and enjoy the games. Yeah. So I don't see why... Uh, but here's it already the happens in the West. Yes, it, it does. Yeah. So the problem is this, right? If people are to be showing up on these events in esports, they need to know what's going on in the games. So that's the problem that I, I want to highlight, which mm. is the viewership problem. Yep. When people don't understand the games, they are not incentivized to come. Oh, yeah. Uh, right? Okay, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I, I, think, yeah. I think the main... Yes, but that is a very good point. Like another main point I need to bring up is... Mm. Fortnite really gave me a really good feeling when I wanted to do this project because this whole time I was always trying to figure out because the game is ultimately the most important thing. Like yes. racing cars, people get. Yes. You just zoom and then whoever passes line first wins. It's a very exactly. simple concept. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to gaming, games like Dota, League of Legends are super difficult to understand just in five minutes. You can't explain it. You just can't because there are hundreds of the characters. It's very difficult. But Fortnite came up, or Battle Royales in general, came up with this really easy to understand 
concept because there's already movies made about it like Hunger Games, yeah. right? So you yeah. already kind of get it. Like 100 people land on an island, last one standing wins. Simple concept. Yeah, you can harvest materials to build yes. stuff. But people get the game in general. You can explain it to your mom, your dad very quickly. Like, mom, look, this guy is like the last guy yeah. left. There are 20 people left. You know, things like you can, you can kind of get it. Like commentators can talk their way uh, into the situation. Yes. They can give context really quickly. And people will understand and it really quickly. Yeah, yes. it comes back to my main point game selection is super important yes. when you're trying to do a tournament and I get really sad whenever you know that, that, that's why it's kind of I, I kind of get sad even the Dota is my favorite game whenever <laughs> I see big events thrown for Dota in this area it's it's just it just feels not right because yeah it splits you right yeah it, one it, part of you says I, mm -hmm. I'm really happy it's Dota but one part of you yeah. says I'm concerned yeah even 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 games like Mobile Legends, which yeah. is the arguably the more popular version yep. in Southeast Asia, uh, the the whole concept of a MOBA is just not that uh, yes, not viewer not, not friendly. Viewer friendly. Uh, it's very tough to just come in the middle yes. uh, and just like oh okay, I I understand what's going on. Like games like Counter Strike are great for these because like plant bomb, if it goes off you win, if it diffuses exactly. you lose. Headshots are very understandable. Uh, you can appreciate Counter-Strike in the middle of the game wherever. Yes. And Counter-Strike is great. The only problem with Counter-Strike is the terrorism problem. <laughs> exactly. and, and it's a real problem. It's not even a joke about yes. it. It's like a real problem. And Fortnite offered a really great solution. No gun it's violence very because there's everything. no blood. Yes. It's just all the cartoon like bombs and stuff. Yes. Like It's cute. And Fortnite was perfect for this. Kid-friendly, parents will not get too mad. Yeah. And it's understandable. So Fortnite is like, okay, that's why I wanted to do a show around Fortnite mm. because the um, Epic Games already seems to know what they're doing in terms of the mainstreamness Mass of marketing. the game. Yeah, yeah they, they do it really well. People kind of get Fortnite, so there's less hostility when moving into it. And uh, ironically, the hostility comes from other gamers, but <laughs> most uh, most non-gamers will kind of get that Fortnite yes. is the big thing. They buy Christmas presents for their kids, Fortnite stuff. You know, it's, it's become part of pop culture. Mm. And that was what was very important uh, for gamers. Even if you're not a Fortnite lover, Fortnite has brought us into the mainstream and we need to capitalize. Mm. And that is uh, that is why I decided to do the project as well. Like Fortnite was a big decision of why I decided to move right. into this project as well. Uh, even though I'm not good at the game and I don't follow it as much as I should, uh, I think it's, a, it's, it's done so much work for gamers that they should be happy. Mm. Yeah. And that's the thing, right, Alexander? You used Fortnite in the right way. Yeah, and that is the key of this conversation, honestly. Yeah. So thank you again, Lysander. It's been really awesome. But I feel like we only just scratched the surface here. Yeah. I mean, I can talk all day. There's a <laughs> lot more we can talk about, but the duration is just up right now. But yeah. you're always welcome to come back, right? Yeah. So part two is good. Part it's, two it's is like you said, we're gonna keep developing this, and yes. you'll come back to another, you know, form exactly. of this. This yeah. is our yeah. pilot. Got so. more fun, uh, fun stuff to share with you guys. Yes. And, uh, I'll come back, and we're looking forward to that. So thank you again, Lysander. Saber, you want to ask the last question? Yeah, before we let you go, this is a little bit of a question that we pose at the end. Ooh. If you could choose the next guest on our show, who would you pick? Oh, um, in Singapore? Which it is could it? be anyone. Anyone. It could be. No, now, now you're putting me in a spot. Yeah, I know. I know. Just go with We're the first not person. Sorry. First person that comes to <laughs> but mind. But honestly, I mean, I'm just going to go with Singapore. I think uh, they're... I think uh, if we're gonna go with Singapore, because you know we're trying to save the yes. scene yep. or whatever, I'll say I'll say get get Jay from Resurgence. All right, yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a good friend of mine, and I think he has very similar views to how we are, and we both did what uh, we like, uh, yeah. what we did, what we do, and are doing because of uh, love for the nation. That's one. You know, a lot of people go overseas to yes. do the esports stuff, but we believe that Singapore can make something out of itself. Mm -hmm. And we put our money where it's uh, where mouth where your is. Mouth uh, is yeah. Where our mouth is. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think Jave is very similar. He yes. He's way more experienced uh, experience in a lot of things that I'm not. Mm. So I think you get a lot of good stuff from him. Cool. Yeah. Shout out to Jave. But yep. 
little spoiler alert. I did approach him, and he's coming May. I would be surprised. Oh, I would be surprised hey. if you didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's a good choice, and we're looking forward to that. So thank you again, Alexander. Thank With that, you we're just going to end it here. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking forward to see your show. Yes. Hopefully, we get some updates soon. Oh, yeah, I'm looking sure. forward to see the trailer yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So thank you, and we're going to see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.